Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Financial uh, willingness. 
Yes, sir. Most definitely. Most definitely. Um, one of the first things I wanted to uh, talk about is how um, our faith and finances go hand in hand, and it, it's really all about our financial stewardship. Uh, and to help you understand how that is so true, um, if you were to look at a checkbook um, and really understand its significance, um, whether it's a checkbook or your checking account or your savings account, the monies that you've achieved uh, through working, uh, whether it's a business or whether it's a job, that checkbook is a, is really a theological document. Okay? It actually tells you who and what you actually worship based on who you're writing those checks out to or who you're spending those money to on a regular basis. Uh, you know, Matthew 6.21, it says that, for where your treasure is, uh, there will your heart be also. So it's very important to uh, for us to spend our monies wisely. Hey, man, and that is so true. That is so true. You know, I'm very intrigued about this uh, 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 in the story, I think it's, it's Luke, about the talents, you know, how the uh, king gave uh, some servants certain amounts of talent, and they were able to invest it in the ones that hid it away. What is your uh, philosophy and principles behind the, the talents and the gift in that uh, goes along, and the responsibility that goes along with those talents. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, that is definitely uh, one of the uh, stories that's included in uh, the things that I teach. Is a story about the ten talents um, where, um, you know, the master goes away and asks the three servants to um, watch over the money, gives one uh, ten, one five, and one one, and um, tells them to take care of it and use it wisely, uh, where uh, the one that had the one is typically mostly like um, uh, most of our community, unfortunately, where we um, work so hard to get uh, the little bit of uh, comfort, uh, the little bit of savings, a little bit of accumulation that we don't really do um, what we should do with it in order for it to grow. Uh, the way God intended it to grow. And so what we'll do is we'll put it in something very conservative, extremely conservative, extremely safe, because we don't want to lose it. Um, but the one that had the five and the one that had the ten, they actually doubled their money and got a 100% return between the time that the master left and the time that the master came back because they invested it. So investing is very, very important. And so, uh, and typically when we don't invest it properly, uh, the little bit that we have is taken away and given to the one that has more. And uh, so, and the scriptures talk about that in that story of the ten talents. So it's uh, very important for us to be kind of like the ant. Uh, the scriptures talk about the ant as well uh, in Proverbs 30, about how the ant are not strong folk, but they prepare their food in the summer for the coming seasons. That is a story of investing as well. Um, and Frederick Douglass uh, once said uh, years ago, a race which cannot save its earnings can never rise in the scale of civilization. So it is very, very important that we find a way to get beyond um, the conservative uh, way of saving and start being progressive and taking chances and investing because that's how you're really going to achieve uh, your true net worth and the true worth that God has intended you to have. And, you know, that is so true. That is so true because as you were sharing that and uh, that thought pattern, and I was just realizing that a lot of us, we go through, we try to accumulate a lot of worldly things and not think mm -hmm. about the value that it may uh, that it may hold later on. How often, how right. many times have we went about cars and and and, and clothes, you know, and uh, gum, mm -hmm. and just to keep up with the fad and find out that those things are are priceless uh, That's years right. from now. That's right, and is those are definitely things in our community that um, uh, that keep us from achieving uh, the heights financially that uh, we inspire to and that God inspires us to have. You know, uh, there's actually an intimate correlation between how we handle our money and the quality of our spiritual lives. You know, in Luke 16, it says, If therefore 
you have not been faithful with the use of unrighteous mammon, who will entrust the true riches to you? Uh, and that's saying basically if you're not spending and saving or investing your money uh, wisely for today as well as tomorrow, how can God ever bless you with more? Um, and there are actually more scriptures in, in the Bible, uh, more verses in the Bible um, on how to handle money and possessions than there really is on probably one of the most, uh, the two of the most important things in our uh, Christian walk with God, with Jesus, and that is on prayer. There's 500 verses on prayer and fewer than 500 on faith. Well, we only get to him in, in eternity through faith and prayer um, and belief. Um, but why is there more scriptures on money and possessions? And that's simply because a lot of time money can take the place <clears throat> of of God in our lives, and we can think that that's our cure all, and it, it's not. And, and you know, and that and that money, as you were saying, take the possession of God. It also give us, uh, you know, give us self self gratification. It, you know, it's temporal, and it's it's crazy to think about. We figure we have more money, we're more secure, we're more independent, we're able to do more things. But on the flip side mm-hmm. of that, we know that uh, all the money in the world don't don't satisfy a sin sick soul. We That's see the right. entertainers and the uh, and the professional athletes that have the mega money, but yet they're miserable. They live in a crazy lifestyle, and and all kind of chaos and calamity is happening on them because they're not learning how to manage the things that God given them, not the things that they that they got on their own, but it all a gift from God. But I That's would right. like for you to share with us some principles to get us started. After you share your thought about some principles, or how, sure. how do we how do we right this financial ship that we're that we're in? That's on the rocky <laughs> that's in the rocky seas. I'll put it that way. Yes, definitely. Well, first of all, we have to understand the importance of uh, knowing why um, God has placed wealth uh, there for us to achieve it, for us to have it, uh, for us to experience it. And there's really five reasons that most people don't really realize what, why we're supposed to have it. And we are supposed to be uh, wealthy, but only if we do the things that God says we're supposed to do in his word. Number one, um, he has that wealth set up to bless us. And he says yes. that uh, in, in, his, in his word in, in uh, John and 3 John 1, 2. Um, the n- number two thing is to take care of your family uh, because we are supposed to take care of, uh, especially us as breadwinners, as heads of the household, uh, and f- as fathers, supposed to take care of our families. In First Timothy 5, 8, it talks about that. Um, number three is to give to the kingdom. And we give to the kingdom um, in a number of ways. Uh, in Second uh, Corinthians 19, I believe it is, talks about giving to the kingdom, and we're first supposed to give to the kingdom uh, through our tithes and offering. And then from there, we're actually supposed to be in a position where we are to help others. And um, that brings us to the fourth way, is to carry out our calling. You will never be able to carry out your calling um, and fully rise to the potential in helping build up the kingdom of God if you don't save and invest properly. Um, and then lastly, it's just to help others. Uh, in Matthew 25, 1 through uh, 46, it talks about that. Um, helping others. You have to be in a position when God places you in someone's midst uh, while they're going through their storm. Uh, we're not supposed to just pray for them. Uh, there are very um, intimate times where we're actually supposed to help them financially. And you can only do that if you have your house in order financially. And so how do we um, get our houses in order? Well, one, you got to get with a professional. If you don't fully understand the rules of uh, money, if you don't understand the rules of saving and investing, um, then you should get with a licensed professional so that they can assist you in making the right decisions and get you properly educated and teaching you the rules that the typical banks and insurance companies uh, do not want our community to know about uh, simply because that's how they make their money and us not knowing certain things. Um, so, and God has a part in that, and so do we. Okay? 
And our part is another thing to do is to get out of debt and stay out of debt. Now, there are good, uh, there's good debt and then there's bad debt. Now, good debt would be something like a mortgage uh, because eventually you can own it and it uh, accrues value if you're able to maintain it. Um, and it uh, starts providing a uh, can provide a foundation uh, for a family's legacy in the future. Of uh, a bad debt would be like credit cards and uh, some consumer loans. Uh, so we need to stay away from those as much as possible. Uh, now I do believe now there are some that teach that credit cards are uh, you shouldn't use them at all. Um, but the way the uh, that things are. Uh, you may need that if you're traveling or uh, needing to rent a vehicle or a hotel stay. So those things are kind of important, but it's all in how you use it and understand it. It's about the knowledge that you have and, and, and the understanding of the rules of the game and not just going through life haphazardly in those areas. Um, there's a, a way to get out of debt. It's it, first thing you want to do is you definitely want to pray for Lord, for the Lord's help, his guidance. And then uh, you, you want to establish a written budget. You want to list everything that you own, everything that you owe, and which includes who you owe, how much you owe, and the interest rate and payments. Um, and establish an emergency fund because those times do come where um, you didn't plan on it happening, but you get a flat tire. You can't just go fix it. You have to replace the whole tire. Also, with the vehicles today, that can be pretty costly. Um, or if a refrigerator goes out, uh, those emergency funds come in handy. Um, and one thing that's really uh, running rampant in our society is borrowing to get for to get out of debt. Debt consolidations, there's a good way and a bad way to do that, um, but then there's also the payday loans. Um, those things are just keeping our, our our communities further in debt, and they're popping up all over the place. Yes, yes, and they are. And I wanted to talk on that, but keep on uh, discussing what you're sharing. We're going to come back to that. because I'm making some notes here, and I'm going to revisit some of the things that you're sharing with us. Because this is good stuff. Sure. Yeah. And then uh, one of the things to, to get out of debt, uh, a lot of times – um, you know, it take it doesn't take long to get into debt, but it's going to take a lot longer to get out of it, unfortunately. And so when that happens, when that occurs, uh, you have to really consider earning additional income uh, for a period of time to get yourself out of debt. And, okay. and all earnings, all earnings, uh, if it's legal, is a bless is a blessing from God. So don't worry about what it is and how people view you you take the initiative and take the responsibility um, to get yourself out of the position that you're in. And it is not designed for you to work two and three and four jobs uh, for your whole entire life because that takes away from the time that we're supposed to give to um, outreach and ministry work. So you're only supposed to do that for a period of time to get yourself out of debt. Uh, so, again, control the use of credit cards and learn to uh, enjoy the C word, contentment. Be content with what you have and learn how to be like the ants and uh, save and prepare for the future. And just don't give up uh, because it does take time and it will be a little frustrating, um, but don't give up because it does take time. Yes, it does. And I like what you were saying, that it's not meant to be a, a long-term, uh, you know, in, investment in your time where you're saying taking on maybe another job, you know, because sometimes right. people feel like, hey, I have to work this for years and years. But it's but you should have an end at the beginning. You know, you say, hey, I'm only going to do this to, That's right. to get this bill out the way or get these financial obligations taken care of. And so, and that's right. a good way of thinking about it. That way it doesn't be so stressful on a person. When they get up and they dread, they got to go to this other job, so now I'm working mm -hmm. for a purpose. Or, and, the, and, you know, you or said, the family. Yes, and the family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you said some things that uh, I encounter from time to time because of just where I live and, and the people that I know about the payday loans. I know mm -hmm. some people that have been invested in payday loans, and it's almost like a octopus. A legalized loan sharking. You know, once they get That's in, exactly they can't what get it out. Is. 
You know, yes. and, they, and it breaks my heart because they go there and they, they get so much money, they got to get that money uh, and re-borrow the same amount of money. You never can get out of those things. There. When people go That's to right. pay loan, what are one of the biggest pitfalls that you were uh, uh, that people need to avoid when they go to a payday loan? We know that we can need some emergency cash from time to time, but some things ought to be mm-hmm. a red flag and say, no, nah, I don't want to do this one here. Well, one of the things that uh, the biggest obstacles I've seen is is, is just really the, the amount of the fees and how long it's going to take to pay it back. Um, now, there's always, like you said, if you haven't properly prepared for an emergency fund of your own and an emergency arises where you have to get your hands on some money and you can't borrow it from a relative, um, a friend or a relative, then... I'm not saying that that's something that you should do is get a payday loan. But if you get it, make sure that you um, uh, do your due diligence, and there are some that actually have lower interest than others. Um, and I know because I have family members as well that, is, that have been in, the, in that position. Uh, so just make sure you do your due diligence. Don't take the first one that's sitting on the corner uh, right around um, the corner from your house. Go online, do your due diligence, and, and make sure you're looking at the interest rate. And that's great. That's that's good because I think a lot of times people say I needed that. I know this enough the street I can get to them quicker than I can across town. But sometimes quicker isn't better. You know when you right. need to do some investment and some research. So thank you. We're not advising anyone to do payday loan, but it's good to know that somebody knows. Hey, wait a minute. There's another alternative. If you're gonna do it, do some investing. But have you considered taking on another job? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, see, well, see here's the, here's the other thing about that. If you have been uh, one thing that we haven't really uh, talked about yet is our responsibility in giving back to God in the form of tithes and offering. You know, yes, Acts yes. twenty thirty five says it is more blessed to give than to receive, and I'm gonna come back to the payday loans here in just a moment. Um, John D. Rockefeller said, "I've never would have been able to tithe on my first million dollars if I had not learned to tithe on my first paycheck." Which his first paycheck was a dollar and fifty cents for the week. Okay. So, um, and he tithed on that, understanding uh, why it's important to do that. And the reason why it's important to do that is because you actually prepare uh, God's blessings for you by doing that. That giving keeps your heart turned towards God. It um, it breaks the power of selfishness. It, um, it it increases our heavenly account, so that when we are in a mess, when we are in a situation that we didn't plan for. Instead of having to run down and get a payday loan, if we're tapped into the right source, you can go to the church as a resource and tap into the benevolent fund because they can see that you have been um, a very responsible uh, child of God and you understand and you've been operating by faith and you've been giving your tithes and offering on uh, on a regular basis, well, that's what the benevolent fund should be for from the church. But if you haven't been giving into that on a regular basis, um, most times, you know, uh, that money is not available for you. So yeah. it does, and that's one way it increases your heavenly accounting. You can bypass going to uh, the payday loan uh, spot and go to the real spot that God intended you to get your assistance from. Hey, man, you know, I'm glad you put it that way because, you know, the strips that bring you all your time off into the storehouse so you can have meat in time of need. And, you know, we never think about, you know, and that should be exactly. our first, not our first, but it should be one of the sources that we go because if we've been faithful to our a local assembly and faithful to God, he'll meet our needs and we don't have to feel burdened or troublesome about those things. I'm glad you shared that with us because I, li- I listen to the audience and I need to hear these things also. Now tell us about yes, uh, 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 about 
turning this thing around here, I, I'm going to keep going back to this here because a lot of us say, well, I'm in deep and I got these financial obligations. Is it ever too late to start trying to uh, save your money for uh, uh, for the future? Because you say, well, I'm, I'm 45, 50 years old. I, I, I done wasted all this time and now you're telling me I need to invest for uh, in my golden years and I'm looking for Social Security to take care of me and in, in my uh, retirement, what I've been drawing off of, and it's just going to be enough to pay me for up for a year or six months or so. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let me ask you this, Pastor. What's, uh, what's a, when is retirement age? Well, it's relevant. It's to the person now because I know men that are uh, 70 years old that are still working, and they're in good shape. So it's kind That's of right. uh, your own self. Uh, you know the, the way you see life and and the way you've been taking care of yourself. Exactly, it's uh, retirement is not a, n- a number as far as age. Re- retirement is really about first of all saving enough to make provisions for tomorrow, and creating a legacy for generations to come. And so once that uh, amount has been achieved, uh, then and only then can you take a look and stepping back from work and then doing ministry work. Um, so it's very, very important that if things are done properly and in order, that uh, some of us could retire at age 50. Uh, some of us may have to continue to work until 70 uh, or beyond, and that's okay. Um, but it's never too late to continue to save or even start to save or even start to invest um, because tomorrow still comes. Whether you want it to or not, it still comes, and you still have to be prepared for it. And that's a, and as we talk about investment, a person that's that's a novice or had never been involved in this, how would they go about seeking uh, proper information and making wise decisions with some help regarding investments and kind of getting this thing right here? Where would you start at? Just say, hey, I need to start, but I don't know where. Oh, that's a good question um, because uh, what we found out um, in my practice is that most people don't invest because they don't understand it, okay? And the churches say our you know, people perish for a lack of knowledge. And unfortunately, that is running rampant in our society. Uh, people are not investing and taking advantage of the opportunities to increase our stature increase our position of ownership uh, through investing in stock ownership simply because we've been taught that it takes a ton of money in order to get started. Well, you want to seek out um, a a local uh, investment professional. Uh, You may want to ask around uh, for uh, uh, with your relatives uh, or people at church to recommend someone that uh, comes highly referred uh, to assist um, in making those decisions. But that's what what I do. That's what uh, my agency does is we actually will go out to the churches um, and other uh, groups of people and uh, from an educational standpoint give out information and knowledge and training so that you can actually start investing or uh, start making better decisions in your in your personal investments in order to achieve the goals that you uh, uh, are looking to achieve. And see, there are actually should be seven goals uh, for investing. One, obviously, that most people believe on is planning for retirement, and that's biblical. Uh, and that comes from Proverbs 30:25. You have to plan for retirement through investing, not saving. There's a distinct difference between saving and investing. Saving is 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 putting your money aside and letting something accumulate on it or nothing at all that doesn't really give you any growth. Such as if cost of living right now or inflation is doing three to four percent plus taxes on top of that, you actually should be getting at the very minimum six and a quarter of a percent just for your dollar to be worth a dollar tomorrow and break even. So anything less than six and a quarter of a percent, it's not investing. It's simply saving. So you have to invest in order to really 
more than a conservative way in order for you to gain the interest in order to be considered investing for the most part. And then the second thing is empowering your children. You're supposed to train up a child in the way that he should go, and that way he'll never depart from it. Um, and so that's why most of our families aren't really achieving what we need to achieve in the area of investing because we were never taught investing before we left our parents' home. And that was simply because they didn't know and they weren't taught. Uh, so, and, and that's creating that legacy by teaching that at home. First uh, Timothy 5.8 talks about that. Um, empowering our grandchildren because we're not just responsible for our children, but we're also responsible for our children's children. Proverbs 13.22 talks about that in providing a legacy for generations to come. Uh, and then we're also supposed to help our elderly parents. They help us for the first 20 years or so, uh, and in turn, we are supposed to help them uh, because we're supposed to have uh, more knowledge uh, based on what they've given us or what we've acquired uh, and what's available to us in, in our as we grow in this society today. They were in the information age, so we have more information available to us than our parents and our grandparents had. Um, so there are things that they didn't do, not because they just didn't do them, but they just didn't know. So we're now in a position where we should be able to help them uh, as the years go by. Then uh, I've spoken about this several times. We're supposed to leave a legacy. You know, a lot of our uh, our men in our society, uh, they want to make sure that they don't leave anything for the next man to come behind them. Well, that's ridiculous simply because we're called biblically to create a legacy for generations to come. You can't take it with you, okay? Um, you can put it in the box with you when you put it in the ground, but you still won't take it with you. It'll stay in the box while you go and transfer some other place. So um, it, it has to be left for those behind us to continue with their lit standard of living and also possibly to even better their standard of living so that they can help others. Um, last two would be to go into ministry because at some point or time in our lives, it's not about working a J-O-B for someone else. At some point or time, we're supposed to accumulate and amass enough wealth where we can put down the job and take our talents, go into business for ourselves, and use that, use that as ministry work for the uplifting of God's kingdom, period. That's why we get our talents. is not just to create a job or an income or earn a check, but to literally to go into business for ourselves and do more for the kingdom and um, in the communities that we live in. And that's the last thing is to start a business. You can't really have a great legacy until you learn how to start your own business where you, where you can create uh, the avenue for work and income and financial survival for your household or your family or the legacy that's supposed to come behind you. Um, just like the Fords and the Heinzes and the Rockefellers. Now, a lot of us won't ever achieve those heights, but there are still a lot of opportunities out there. Um, and so leaving the legacy is important. Again, uh, Proverbs 13.22 says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. So something is terribly wrong when a man's most effective avenue of material provision for his family is only his his death through life insurance. Um, and that's another thing that's important, life insurance, is when you haven't properly planned through investing and saving, then you definitely should make sure that your family is properly insured with life insurance. And that is so true because how many times have we heard of family being devastated because of, of an untimely death of a loved one or even a, a close family member, and we're uh, we're uh, just str uh, stressed, uh, you know, we're just uh, stressed out for cash, you know, because it's something yes. that happened, and then you hey, we don't have the money, but we need to uh, know that our loved one is being properly taken care of. 
Exactly. So that, that is something we need to do because we don't want to leave a burden or hardship on the ones that's behind. You said we should leave a legacy, a positive mm-hmm. legacy, you know, to help the next generation. I like what I like some of the things that you were saying regarding uh in investing in yourself and also being uh, giving back to the kingdom. Because you can't have one without the other. I kept hearing you say that, you know, using those uh, those terms interchangeable. Because as God bless mm-hmm. you, you'll be a blessing to God's people. And I see that you That's kept right. using that back and forth. Because sometimes we get into the mindset that, hey, I got mine, now you need to get yours. And, and we know mm-hmm. that if a person don't work, he don't eat. But we should be able to encourage them and make provision because a lot of times we'll – don't go to the jails. We don't go to the uh, street ministry, but we should be able to support those type ministries. That's right. That's right. That's exactly what it's for. You know, and just through our tithes and offerings, that is that's the key. Uh, and obviously, that's not the ceiling of our giving. That's the floor. That's where we should start. Our the tenth of our gross, and giving the tithes and offerings. It's really it's simply worship. And it demonstrates our obedience, and it also demonstrates our love uh, for what God, who he is, and who he has been and will be for us. Um, so it's just very important uh, to do that. Yes. And, you know, not straying away from our topic here, but some uh the smaller churches, they figure that the tithe and offerings are only using for the upkeep of the church. And rightfully it's right, but a lot of times it should be used for the uh, ministry work, but if you only could pay your light bill and water bill, so be it. So sometimes people say, well, it's only doing this or that. So, uh, And that's because mm-hmm. we're not being faithful to the things that God put to our hands to do. And I, I'm hearing you say well, that. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And I've I've seen, I've experienced times where there's not enough money to pay all the bills. Um, I've had family members I'll use my brother, I'll leave him nameless, but I'll leave, use my brother as an example. Um, he is a, has become a great man of God, and it's simply he's he's learned that through his giving. Um, when he couldn't pay his light bill, when he couldn't pay his car payment, he's always paid his tithes and offering. And somehow, some way, the Lord works out a way for those things to get done. But when he does not pay the tithes and offering, he's constantly behind. There's not enough to go around to last until the next payday for uh, food, uh, for transportation, uh, for utilities, uh, for the things that the family needs. And it's been proven time and time again. If you start, if you really um, test God, you know, some people believe that we're not supposed to test God. No, we're supposed to test God. He wants us to. And then the, the best way he wants us to test him is by giving him our tithes and our offering. I guarantee you, if you do that for a period of time and you do it wholeheartedly with a heart of thanksgiving, everything starts to change financially. Mm. Uh, you know what? I'm so glad to hear you say that, there because we struggle with those things. I struggle with them. And I'm no, and I'm just like everyone else. Sometimes we bounce and say, "Oh, if I do this or that," but you're saying that you got to be faithful on that end. I love that. I said, "You said, regardless of what's going on, you got to be faithful because we serve a faithful God." That's right. Yeah, and I love that. I love. I like the way you put it because someone needs to hear that. Uh, now, uh, mm-hmm. our young people. Now, we are, this has been a great topic. I want to thank you there. Uh, Mr. Freeman, uh, for being a guest on the program. The number you can call in to add to the conversation, just ask some questions, is 310-982-4126. And Mr. Freeman is a uh, independent financial agent, and he's just sharing with us uh, using God's money, God's way. Uh, the topic is God's money, God's way. But I wanted to talk mm-hmm. about our young men and women. Before we get out, out of here, before this show comes to an end, our young people are growing up in a society of get what you can while you can, get the name brand stuff, uh, giving very little thoughts on investment, whether it's financial or even self-investment, because investment goes both ways. you got to invest in yourself, you know, the money. And so if you don't invest on how to take care of that money, you're going to lose it. So what are some of the right. things that we can do as individual people and as a community 
to help navigate our young men and women that we encounter, that we see on a regular basis, to let them know that uh, that you know uh, that it's more to life than what they are just seeing and right now, what they're receiving right now. Most definitely, that that conversation has to take place in 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 two places: one at home uh, with the parents, uh, mothers, and fathers. Uh, conveying the proper message to the to their children um, about how to properly manage their finances, because uh, a lot of our our young adults um, they want to have the top name brands. Well, if the top name brands cost you a hundred to two hundred dollars per item, when you can go and not pay full price, wait until it's on sale, or not get it at all and downgrade from the top name brand and save the other $50. If you have $100 to spend, you don't have to spend the whole $100. Get something that's $50, take the other $50 and save it. If uh, you're, you you bought a car and now you're wanting to you want it to look better than it was when you when you bought it. So now a lot of times in our community, one of the most expensive items that we have are our cars, and then on top of the cars would be our sound systems and our wheels. Well, those are depreciating items. It doesn't uh, create wealth by no means. All it does is it gives a perspective to others that, hey, I've got a great system, I've got great-looking wheels to go on my car. And we can't see the wheels as we're driving down the road, so it's not for our benefit. It's for the benefit of those watching our, us roll by. Uh, so instead of paying thousands of dollars for these wheels or thousands of dollars for these sound systems, we should be putting those thousands of dollars into our personal investment so that we can create wealth for ourselves and those that are coming behind us. Um, instead of going out and getting the um, – under my wife loves those expensive purses – um, but when we travel or even when we're just here in the city, um, if it's time for a purchase, I never pay full price for anything. I'm always looking for the best price. Everything goes on sale one time or another. So that if you're so going true. to eventually sell it on sale, why not wait for the sale to purchase it instead of buying it full price? Now, there are things in life that you have to pay full price for, and that's success. You can't bypass uh, paying full price there. But as far as your purchasing dollars, you do not have to pay full price for everything that's out there. And so we've got to, we've got to start teaching that and how to be incon inconspicuous with our clothing, uh, with our shoes, with our cars, with our sound systems, and be more adept to investing and saving for the future. And that is so true. That is so true because when I was growing up, I had relatives, uh, uncles, and and cousins that after they got old, uh, until they older age, and after they took care of the family, they would go out and they would buy them a nice car toward the end of their life because they could afford it. Mm -hmm. And now I see young guys that are 20 years old going out buying them top-line cars, <laughs> and they did nothing mm -hmm. to, you know, to try to prove it. I said, oh, man, that's kind of backwards. You know, you do it yeah, yeah. at an early age to the way until you mature, your kids in college, your house is paid off. And, yeah. and, you know, that, so, exactly because, right, Pastor. Exactly yeah, right. That, see, our young adults are actually – uh, wearing and driving their college, their kids' college education and their retirement plans, and they don't know it because they've never been taught that. See, and, and it's so true. It's so true. I, I like the way you put that. I like the way you put that. That they weren't and driving a college education, and so that's something I'm going to mm -hmm. use. I do juvenile ministry, and one thing that I do, I have a teaching segment we talk about biblical principles and life application. What do the Bible say? Okay. What do what does the world doing? You know, what profit to gain a man to gain the whole world? And these young kids, they are entrepreneurs. They know how to go out and make this money. Mm -hmm. But look where it got mm -hmm. you. You know, and you could see right. doing exactly. something different. And you know, and I like that. I like that. But one thing about it too, that we're as an adult and and, and uh, before we knew better, we didn't do better because we kind of spoiled our young people because we didn't want them to kind of go through what we went through. 
Oh, I didn't. Right. I only had one. You know, we had raggedy clothes, and our shoes was for two years. We wore the same shoes, and now when when mm-hmm. our little daughters and our sons need a pair of shoes, we don't hesitate to go up there and buy them the name brand because we're living through them, and it's kind of a disservice. And I'm fouled up, you know, and, I, and it happened to me too until I realized, hey, I'm doing my kids a disservice because they don't realize the value of things because sometimes you buy stuff and you say, where's that at? Oh, I lost it. What you lost? That thing costs $300 and you left it somewhere. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. See, too too often our people, uh, our, our black people, too often seek wealth to have enjoyment, you know, yes. to buy pleasure. Uh, where other cultures, they actually seek wealth to gain more power. There's a big difference between power and pleasure. And since power lasts longer, that's why other cultures have gained control of practically everything, and we're behind. So we've got to change our mindset on building wealth and security and legacies for our families and our spending habits. We've got to change them and learn to start investing and saving for the times that are to come. And that is so true. That's so true. Because even here in Dallas, and we can't, or, and the rest of the country probably following suit. That a lot of our businesses, we love cars, we love nice wheels, but we're very seldom that you can find a black-owned, black operation of a tie shop, mm-hmm. or That's nails. Right. You know, we love to get our nails done, women's wise. That's and right. By the hair, but we go somewhere else, and they invest in the money because they hire their own people. That could be us hiring mm-hmm. our own people. Get exactly. uncle and auntie and cousin and, and baby brother jobs, mm-hmm. you know, but we invest in other Or the neighbors. And, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's terrible, and I see. And we see that, and we say, well, that's just where it goes. It don't have to go that way. It no, it does not, way. and it's it, it doesn't, but we've got to teach it differently. And I know uh, our, our time's running out, but there's something you just uh, hit a point that I wanted to cover real quick, and it's about how our dollar actually circulates in our community before – it's been outside of our community. Okay, and go right I, I know it, it, It's not a, uh, a black or white issue, uh, but this is the information I'm getting ready to give now. It's really all about the understanding, the knowledge of what happens to our, our spending dollars. Okay? So uh, understand that. I'll, I'll preface that, uh, what I'm about to say, with that statement. Um, so let's take a look at it real quick. If you look at how many days our spending dollar stays in our community before it goes out of our community into someone else's, here's the reality. The Asian dollar stays within the Asian community. It circulates 28 days before it goes out of, the, out of its community. The Jewish dollar circulates 19 days in its community before it goes out of its community. The white dollar circulates 17 days before it goes outside of its community. Guess how long the black dollar circulates before it leaves our community? Uh, it has to be less than 17 days, and I think of maybe about 10 days. How about six hours? What? You're kidding six, me. Six hours. And with that happening, the black consumer spending, and it's not just happening here in Dallas, it's happening all over the country in the black community uh, because of a lack of knowledge. The black consumers are spending 93% of our monies, our wealth, our power outside of our communities where other cultures are reaping the benefit of their own incomes plus 93% of ours, so double incomes basically, almost 100% of their own and 93% of ours. That's why in the Dallas Met Fort Worth, uh, in the Dallas area alone, you can look at the southern sector um, and tell that there's a huge difference in the southern sector and the north sector. Yes, all is, the big is. malls on the north side of town, all the big stores, expensive stores on the north side of town, all the huge homes for the most part on the nice on, on the north side of town. But the southern sector is being, you know, uh, depreciating in, in value at a huge rate where all the stores and the malls are closing down and moving away or to the other side of town. And that's simply because there are not enough of the black consumer spending dollars 
sustain in the black community or in the South sector. Now, now, now Mr. Freeman, now you, you kind of blow my mind when you said that that six hours. Are we actually taking our dollars and going to the other side of town and spending them when you said in our community? Or is it because of Without. debt that's overlacking it? So when we get a paycheck, we got to disperse and pay our debts. How is that? It's both. It's both because because we're not saving and investing properly, okay, uh, we keep – and tithing, first of all, we keep getting ourselves in a vicious circle where we get ourselves in a position where we accumulate debt. Well, when you accumulate debt, you have less dollars available um, to do the saving and investing. So those dollars that are left over for saving and investing – Instead of doing it in our community, we're taking it across town. And so we're spending it on debt, which all those companies, they're not based in our communities, in our hoods. They're based on the north side of town. Yes. So we're we're spending it all on the north side of town. So, yes, six hours may actually be, you know, uh, it may actually be three hours. Uh, but it's you know, definitely hours. Yeah, that's mind-boggling because I know people get their check, and I, me personally, you know, when I used to get my check, and I had to rush across town, I got to pay a bill, and you're right about that. I get that that thing right. drops in there, and four hours later, I'm broke. Oh my god! Exactly. You know, you really hit exactly. on something. How can we stop that? I know we didn't share it, but we got a few more minutes. Let's go back over this again. How can we stop that and keep more money in our pocket, in our community, and giving more to building up the kingdom and paying our financial uh, obligation to God, which is our, our tithes and offering? As brief words as possible, how can we write, write this thing? First thing first. Give back to God what he's allowed you to manage because everything we have is not ours anyway, it's his. So once we give him his tenth and start there, now don't stop there, but give him his tenth, then that's where the good things start to happen. And so that's the first thing. Second thing is we have to save and we also have to invest. We have to save in an emergency fund for the emergency situations, but we have to invest for the future like the ant does for the coming seasons uh, for years to come. Um, and then we've got to learn how to properly manage our debt. Stay out of debt, get ourselves out of debt as quick as possible so we can free those monies up so that we can save and invest and be secure in our financial matters um, and teach that to our young adults or our children coming up. And then be able to have monies available to help others. That's very key. Now, uh, we would love to uh, be able to offer additional information um, to help others uh, find their way financially. And so if you'd like to um, have my contact information available for anyone that calls in, by all means, and it, it's, it's not going to cost them anything to get the information. Yeah, go right ahead and share that there with us. Sure. Um, my direct number, uh, my name is William Freeman, F-R-E-E-M-O-N, and my phone number is 214-566-6049. Um, and you can, uh, I answer my phone all the time uh, because it's very, very important that this word gets out uh, to not just the black community, but everyone. But I, obviously, uh, I am uh, of that community, so obviously uh, that is my, you know, that's where most of my work is done. Uh, but I'm looking to actually do this work uh, to God's people, period. Um, yes. And it doesn't matter what the color of their skin is, as long as they are a believer um, in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I have the information that's needed um, and wanted in order for us to make better financial decisions. Uh, Mr. Freeman, oh, God bless you, man. This has been a great time. we got to have you to come back again because there's so much more that we need to recover, uh, discuss on yes. this. And we're going to pin we're gonna pin some things down, and we'll just spend some time talking about one particular topic. But thank you for sharing your okay. gift with us. Now, the family, it's important for the family to come together on one accord when it comes to finances. We, You know, if one person is spending and another one is saving, it just it's a useless point there. And so, you know, um, 
I want you know like for you to address that too because you have to be a one accord because you might have a husband that's being and a wife that doesn't. Yeah, uh, that's you know Satan has a way, has ways of dividing and conquering, and that is one of the quickest ways of doing that uh, is dividing the home, the family, on financial matters. That's why it's the number one reason why most uh, uh, most married folks get a divorce is because of financial matters. Okay, so we've got to find a way to get on one accord. Now there may be the the husband is the head, period, and that's not man saying that. That's God saying that. Yes. And so as long as he is in tune into what the scriptures are saying, everyone in the home is supposed to. Follow follow that head and his decisions. And so, and again, I, the key point is as long as he is following God's decisions, his word. Now, once the, he's not doing that, then the mother has to step in, the wife has to step in and do some things to secure the family's future. But it, when everything is in alignment, we're supposed to do what the head says, and we're supposed to hey. say, now... The wife may be the one that saves, that has the better head for saving, and that's okay. But you guys have to make that decision that, okay, you're better at this than I am. I can walk through it with you, but let you take the brunt of the responsibility. And, and that's you, okay you know as long as that decision is made together. Yes, it is. And, you know, I do uh, jail and prison ministry, and the young and the men, they get out, and their families are waiting for them, but their families are being scarred and hurt, and the young lady been taking care of the house for many years, and the husband comes in, and all of a sudden he wants to take over the responsibilities of the house, and I say, hey, you have to wait. You have to gain those rights back because she said, hey, I've been doing this without you. We've been making decisions without you, and sometimes there's a, there's a little tension there. Because she's been doing it without mm-hmm. him, and he squandered it in the past. But she, but she didn't realize that God got a new, you know, doing something else in his life. So there's a balancing act right. there, and I want you to discuss that, you know, in our next setting. But am I right about that? No, you're you're completely right, and um, that's a twofold problem. Like you said, yes, the, the the lady has the woman has been taking care of the responsibilities while he's been away. Or uh, maybe he's even been there and not working. Um, but as long as it's a godly relationship and they yes. understand the true hierarchy of how things are supposed to occur based on God's word, and everyone is looking to take care of their responsibilities based on God's word, then it can work. Um, because a, a true woman of God is going to want to relinquish those responsibilities to the her her king her her lord and not lord as in capital L like God our father but the lord of the home that God has placed her with um, lower level lower L okay uh, so in, in the right scenario she would want to give those responsibilities to him yes she do she he do, should, she do. he and should want dead. to take over. Yeah, yeah, and, and she said they should work you, together. I remember how you done before, yeah, and that's so true, Mister Freeman. I tell you what, we got a guest on the line here that wants to ask you okay. a financial question here, and then uh, we want to thank you, uh, Mister Daniel. You're on the net. Hello, Deacon Lewis. Ray yes, Lewis, how you doing? We have uh, we have Mister Freeman, uh, Mister Freeman, on the line here. He's an independent financial agent. You have a, uh, a question you want to ask him? Okay. Um. I need to ask you a question. Do you uh what do you believe in uh investing some of your money in the gold stocks and gold today? Uh, I hear a lot of people telling you that uh uh gold is kinda of like the the money of the future. Uh you should real you know, put your funds in in gold and silver. Well what are some of your, your, your beliefs on that? Thank well, that's um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, gold and silver definitely are uh, precious metals that our economy, our money system is kind of founded on. So it's always good to have uh, that as part of your portfolio. 
but most people really need to have as a foundation, you need to have mutual funds. Um, and you should have mutual funds to start out with simply because they diminish the risk um, versus just strictly gold or silver or individual stocks. Um, because you'll in a mutual fund, you can actually uh, acquire um, possibly 160 different stocks and over 60 different industries in one mutual fund portions of, of, of individual stocks, and you can do it very securely um, uh, than you would purchasing those stocks individually. Um, and so, and as they grow, you can actually find a fund, a mutual fund, that actually has a big base in buying gold and silver. Uh, that way, again, you diversify your risk versus doing it individually and, and straight on as, as what you're asking. Uh, so there's different ways to do it. There's a, there's an efficient way of doing it, and there's a non-efficient way. Now, once you get a base going in your mutual funds, then, yeah, you can take maybe your profits every quarter or every year from that mutual fund and diversify and use that towards buying individual uh, gold uh, bullion and, and, and silver um, <clears throat> silver investments at that point. But the mutual fund should should definitely be the base. Okay. Hey, man. All right. Well, God bless you, brother. Thank you. We've about ready to get out of this program. Thank you for that question that was asked to uh, Mr. Freeman. Now, Ms. Freeman, thank you very much for being a guest on the show here. We're looking forward to having you to come back, and we're going to target some of the things that we'll discuss today. But I just want to give an overall view so you can kind of stir them up. And so when they see you back on here again, they say, okay, I, mm-hmm. we're talking about a particular topic. So thank you. We really covered a lot of, of material today, and you really yes. gave us some uh, good information, something that we can build on. Uh, again, well, thank you. And tell us how to uh, how to contact you. And if someone would like to set up for a church or a small group, you told me that you're available. Give us some uh, the contact number again, and we're going to see what we can do on this end to kind of uh, correct this uh uh, our financial status in our own life and our commu- uh, in the community uh, the, at large. Yes, sir. Um, most definitely. Again, my my name is William Freeman, and you can reach me directly at 214-566-6049. And, yes, we do do, uh, we do complete uh, a complete analysis for individuals and their families, and we also do um, a seminar on the information that I've given today from a biblical perspective in churches and small groups. So we'd love to be able to um, partner with uh, churches ch- churches and other organizations in our communities. Well, thank you very much, sir. We're looking forward to having you to be a guest at a later date. And you uh, continually to do what you're doing for the glory of God. And we're going to see can we turn these things around in our own personal life and the life of our family, friend, and loved one. Because this is something that definitely needs to be addressed from time to time. You know, it took us a while to get this, you know, uh, this financial obligation that we have. But it's going to take a while to work it out. So thank you for letting us know that this isn't a short fix here. Amen. Mm So Amen. God bless you. We'd like to leave you with a word of prayer, if you don't mind. Gracious Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, dear Lord. We thank you for our guest this morning, Mr. Freeman, dear Lord. As he was sharing with us about our financial obligation, he was sharing with us that it all belongs to God. Dear Lord, let us be good stewards of what you've given us, dear Lord. Let us be mindful of the future of our kids and grandkids, dear Lord. Let us be mindful that we still have a future, dear Lord. Let us be mindful that you call for us to be uh, the head and not the tail, dear Lord. When it comes down to our finances, dear Lord, let's not stop give, let us stop giving our money to other people to control our future, dear Lord. Let us be able to take back what the enemy have attempted to steal. We thank you for men like Mr. Freeman, dear Lord, that steady standing on the on the front line, on the battlefield, encouraging God's people to be about God's business. In the name of Jesus, we yes. pray. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, sir. We'll be talking later. And God bless you also. Amen. Brother Daniel. Yeah. Brother Daniel, 
Great, great. Hey, man, uh-huh. Marvel, we got to get on out of here, man. Hey, that was a great question. We're going to bring Mr. Freeman back. Yeah, man. Yeah. Because it's some love. It's some, I just, we're just giving an overall uh, 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 interview with him, man. We're going to pin some things down. And you asked him a powerful question. Cause a lot of times we said precious metal and stuff like that, should we invest in it? And he was telling us about mutual mm-hmm. funds, man. You get more bang for your buck, as you saying. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I've been. I've been going through something like that lately, um, Reverend Lewis. Since I retired, you know, and I've been getting a lot of people telling me, man, I should do this and I should do that and I should do this and you should invest in that. And it gets to be kind of confusing at the time when you're trying to do all this and you're hearing different opinions from people. They're telling you, uh, man, I put your money in this and put it in. Then you get to seeing other folks getting railroad, and you don't really percent know who to trust. And that's so Amen. true, there, brother. Because we need to know how you know. And, and, and before we get out of here, man, he shared some things with me, man, that blow my mind, brother. He was talking about how the money leaves the neighborhood, man. He said the Asian money stays in their neighborhood twenty-eight days, Jews nineteen days, Caucasian stays seventeen days, but our money in the black community only stays six hours. And I think about that, Ricky. Where does it go? Paid. I have to rush. We have to pay our bills. We have to, we take our money to the other side of town. We go to the mall. We oh, go over there man. to dinner and stuff. I got to think about how we rush home. I got to pay my bill for 6 o'clock. And they already got it tatted. Hey, you need to pay your bill for 6. So your, actually your money is leaving your community going out to pay your AT&T bill, your, uh, your uh, uh, car note or whatever it may be. And it's true, man. I got to think how often have we paid our bill after payday and we found we broke? We only had our, we only mm. actually had money for six hours. From the time that they dropped mm. it in the bank until you get it, it's only six hours. And it blew my mind. It's mm-hmm. true, man. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Yeah. We only had that money for six hours. <laughs> then come around Monday morning, we broke again. That's right. It's like a revolving door. Yeah, it's so true. Brother Daniel, man, we got to get out of here, man. We we Our time is well spent. Man, thank you for calling in, brother. You know, the show will never be the same without you, and we're looking forward to you joining us as often as possible and looking forward to seeing you later on today. Uh, we're still on the air right now, so I'd like you to close okay. us out in the word of prayer if you can, and uh, we'll just right. talk offline and shortly, and I'm looking forward to getting with you. Okay, it's, go ahead. It's on you now. Heavenly Father. We ask you to guide us today and teach us and instruct us on how to handle our affairs. We say that everything you made, you did it for the glory of God. That means money, finances, and surpluses all trickle down from you. You give us the wisdom in order to produce and supply our families. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We pray for quantity, quantity in our neighborhoods to help our people prosper. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, our brother Daniel. Until we meet again, man, what a great show. We had Mr. Freeman on this morning. He's an independent financial agent, and he was talking about us, God's money, God's way. We want to thank our co-host, man. Brother Daniel, that came in and asked five questions. We want to thank our listening audience. We had several calls on the line, and a lot of them choose to just listen in, and that's great because we want you to be well-informed as you get ready Amen. to start your day. Uh, we're looking forward to coming back on next week and being a blessing to you and being, and uh, God being a blessing to us. Thank you for your support. You're listening to Free on the Inside, an internet program to inform you, to encourage you, and to challenge you to be about God's business. Be a blessing to someone. Get your financial house in order. Because God have need of you. Be free on the inside. Have a great day and free on the inside. Amen. God bless you. Enjoy your day.